Stand up and show your souls, dearest ones. Soul on deck shines like gold in dark times. Be the light that keeps you and those around you going. Do not set a place for despair at your table. Remember, you are a mighty ship built for these turbulent times. You were made to withstand the storms and hold your lanterns high to show the way for struggling souls. And that is really what we're up to here in the new beyond. That is who we're calling to be in the new beyond. We're called to be the way showers. We're called to hold our lanterns high, carry the torch to show the way for others. This is how we keep going. Welcome to The New Beyond, a podcast that invites listeners to learn how to not only think outside the box, but learn how to live outside it. The New Beyond is a place in consciousness that lies beyond ideas of normal and abnormal. It's a place where the new comfort zone has much more to do with your willingness to play big and be uncomfortable while you're learning how to navigate this brave new world. Hello, I'm Dr. Judith Rich an octogenarian, coach, and author of the best-selling book, Beyond the Box. I've spent nearly five decades in the field of transformation, coaching people all over the world how to identify and break through old patterns and limiting beliefs that have kept them stuck and challenged to move their lives in the direction of what matters most. In this podcast, we'll hear from some interesting people in the field of transformation and others who, by example, are courageously tearing down old walls, reinventing themselves, and building their lives in the new beyond. And I'll be adding some personal perspective and hopefully some wisdom and insight as we go. So let's dive in as we begin an adventure in going beyond where you think you can go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The New Beyond. I'm Judith Rich, and as I record this, it is early April, and wow, there's just a whole lot going on in the world right now, is there not? There's a lot of disturbance in the field right now, and of course, we know there's been enormous disturbance in the field. For a very long time. In the United States, where I live, we've had another mass shooting at a school. This one took the lives of six people, three of whom were children age nine. Perhaps by the time this episode airs, no doubt there will be several more mass shootings in the U.S., which is a really sad and tragic thing. At the time of this recording, there have already been 338 mass shootings in the U.S. just this year. This is tragic beyond all words, and what is even more tragic is the unwillingness on the part of those who could change the system to make guns less available and certain kinds of guns banned completely. Their total unwillingness to make the changes necessary. And then there's the war in Ukraine, which is raging on now into its second year with massive loss of life, destruction of entire cities. And in Europe, there are protests and riots 
in Israel and France, various places on the planet are being ravaged by the forces of climate change with all the loss and destruction that goes along with extreme weather events. And in the U.S., women have lost their rights of reproductive choice and freedom, rights that have been in place for the past 50 years. This is another tremendous disturbance. And there's just so much conflict taking place all over the planet. We are living in a time in human history of tremendous disruption. There are intense emotions, reactions, opinions being poured into the toxic stew of the human condition in which we're living. Human beings are facing this not only in the collective, but certainly also on a personal level every day. And so the question that comes up for me, and I think it's probably up for a lot of you, is how do we keep going? How do we sustain our passion, vision, intention, commitment, and all of those things that we know are important for our lives in terms of living satisfying, fulfilling, purpose-filled lives? How do we keep going? How do we keep all of that going year after year after year in the face of what now lives as tremendous disappointment, setback, and discouragement? How do we not give up when at times it feels hopeless or pointless? I've talked with a lot of people who've said, I'm just so disillusioned by the whole process. Count me out. I don't want to play anymore. How do we keep going when it feels like nobody's listening? Or how do you keep going when it feels like you don't have the power to change what clearly isn't working and those that do have the power are unwilling to use it to make the kind of changes necessary? Humans are exhausted on every level. Three years of a pandemic, wars, mass shootings, children being killed, extreme weather events, we're all exhausted. And how do you keep going on a personal level? Maybe your own life isn't unfolding the way you imagined or dreamed it would. How do you keep going when you're not experiencing the quality of life you anticipated or you haven't made progress towards your important goals? How do you keep going when you feel lost or stuck and can't seem to find the way forward? Well, I actually wrote a book about this, my book, Beyond the Box, Lean out, break free, rise up. I want to let you know that that book is now available as an audiobook and an ebook, and you can find them on my website, judithrich.com. And in the book, I address a lot of these questions. So I bring it up here again in this episode because I think it's a question whose answers are continuously evolving. And so in in addition to what I wrote in the book about this, I want to address the question from the wisdom I've gained since I wrote the book and also from my perspective as a woman of a certain age, namely 81. 
yes, I've been on the planet for a very long time, been through as regular listeners of this podcast and readers of my book know three marriages and divorces. I've been through deaths of loved ones and births and all of the things that one experiences in a lifelong journey such as mine. How do I keep going? This is what I want to be with you about today because I've learned a few things in my journey that I think can be helpful signposts along the way. I want to begin by saying that my journey doesn't have anything to do with maintaining the status quo. That simply doesn't interest me. It's not necessarily what works for everyone. My point of view isn't necessarily what works for everyone. And I'm not suggesting that those who aspire to maintaining the status quo in their own lives, if that's where you are, great. It's just not the path I choose. I'm at an age when most people my age are either retired and probably have been for at least 10 or 15 years, or perhaps physically unable to keep going mentally, emotionally, or energetically. So in terms of someone my age, I'm a bit of a unicorn. I don't, I don't mean by that that I'm special in any way. I'm just different than most people my age. And I have to say it was, it's really how I was raised and what I've come to incorporate as my core values over the course of my lifetime. I was raised by two people who lived long, productive lives all the way to the end of their lives. My father lived until age 86, my mom, 91, and they were both productive right up until about a month before they died. They were both engaged, very lucid, very clear, focused minds, physically active until a month before they died. So I have a bit of a genetic predisposition on the one hand. On the other hand, my parents were also creative and curious and adventuresome in their own way. And that is really what I want to focus on here with you. Not to bemoan the disruption that's happening in our world and in our lives today, but to really talk about what are some alternatives to getting lost in all of that. And so namely, I want to talk about what I consider to be three superpowers, curiosity, creativity, and adventure. Those are the ingredients I believe will serve to keep us going when the going gets tough. My parents role modeled this. They were vegetarians back in the 1920s when it was relatively unheard of to be a vegetarian. They had solar panels installed on the roof of their house in the 1980s. And once a year, they both climbed up on the roof and cleaned them. And they were in their 80s. When they were in their 80s, they bought one of the first computers, one of the first personal computers, and my dad learned how to use it. Oh, I'm also just remembering as I'm recording this, we were the first people on our block back in the 
late 1940s to have a television set. Back when TVs first came out, my parents were curious and adventuresome. So I come from a good set of genes, and I give great thanks and gratitude for the context of creativity, curiosity, and adventure that my parents role-modeled and established for me. So again, one way to keep going when the going gets tough is to cultivate and nourish a sense of curiosity. I believe it's one of your superpowers, but of course, it won't be that for you if you don't nurture it. And so how do you do that? Among the last words ever spoken by Steve Jobs before he passed away was, Stay curious. He was leaving us a breadcrumb, a signpost, a clue as to how to remain active and engaged and how to keep going. Curiosity is not about searching for answers. So often in life we zero in on our search for answers because we can't tolerate uncertainty. We shut down in the face of uncertainty in order to maintain an illusion of being in control. And the truth is, we humans are in control of very little. Maybe about 2% of everything that happens is within our sphere of control. But we live our lives as if we could exercise control over the events that happen. And oh boy, are we in for a surprise. So curiosity is not about searching for answers. It's really more about searching for what are the most powerful and, and potent questions I could be asking. Consider how much energy you expend in your attempt to control your environment, the people in it, or what people think or feel about you and your own feelings. What if you shifted your focus from control to curiosity instead? What if you walked in the world, lived your life from a place of curiosity about the things you're experiencing instead of a need to understand them? Ah, understanding. It really doesn't move the dial. It feeds the mind's need for certainty, but it really doesn't open new awareness. Understanding provides a justification for why things are the way they are. But it's like a cookie for the mind. It might offer peace for a moment, but really nothing has changed. A curious mind is one that seeks to expand awareness. It takes us on an upward spiral of consciousness. Curiosity will have you opening doors to discover what's on the other side. It will have you be in beginner's mind, a lifelong learner. It will set you off on adventures that will open you and expand you. A curious mind will then invite you into discovery, creativity, and, if you trust and follow them, adventure. The ability to cultivate a robust sense of curiosity, creativity, and adventure is in part a function of genetics and upbringing, but it's also a function of our calling. And that is what I believe we come in with. My calling showed up for me at a very early age, and it has been with me my entire life. 
My calling is very much about my curiosity about human being and to be part of the creative expansion of human consciousness. Transformational trainings, coaching, writing, and speaking have been my way of contributing to the continued opening and expansion of human consciousness in my lifetime. Here's what lets me know that's my calling. Because I can't get enough of them. I can't not do them. And you know what your calling is when you can't not do it. When you can't not be it. When it comes from you so naturally, so effortlessly. You do it without thinking. You do it without second-guessing yourself. You, you do it without doubting yourself. You would do it if nobody paid you. How do you keep going in the face of adversity as we experience on the planet today? Well, stay true to your calling and use it in creative and adventurous ways to make the difference you came to make. Whatever your calling is, is your purpose for being on the planet. So look to the things in your life you can't not do. I don't mean your addictions. I'm not talking about being addicted to a substance you can't do. No, no, no. I'm not talking about obsessions like ADD-type obsessions. I'm talking about what fills you with such joy and such passion. It has you feel so alive when you're engaged in this thing, whatever it is. It has your name on it. And if you look back to your childhood, you will find breadcrumbs back there. This is what you true up to, like your North Star. When you come to a place where you think you can't keep going, your calling is what will feed your soul and give you energy for the journey. When the mind says stop and the soul says keep going, I'd listen to my soul. But we humans aren't very good at doing that. We're mostly cut off from hearing our soul's messages. But your soul knows the way. It will lead you. And it will take you on an adventure. I can say that for sure. So for me, I was a trainer at age seven. I didn't know it at the time. It's just what I felt called to do. I've told the story. Maybe I've even told it here on the podcast. I don't recall. Of inviting kids in the neighborhood over to my parents' garage, which I had judiciously cleaned out and borrowed chairs from a neighbor and set them up in rows and invited kids of the neighborhood over. I would invite them over and then I would go stand up in front of them and say, who'd like to share? And they would share about kid things. You know, they would share about scouting and summer vacations and dancing lessons and all the things that interested us as children. And of course, I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I was just doing what came from me naturally. And now as I think back to who I am and how I show up in the world, I'm the one who goes up in front of the room and says, who'd like to share? Ah, I've been doing this since I was seven years old. I've worked with people pretty much all over the world, and it has been effortlessly. And by that, what I mean is I, I've never had 
to work, to find work. My work has found me. And your calling, whatever that is, will find you. You can't hide from it. Neither can you hide from the world. So in the face of the great tragedies of our time, our job is to meet them with curiosity and ask the question, okay, given what's so, now what's possible? And our job is to meet the difficult times of our lives with creativity. How can we find a way through this? What needs to happen on the collective level to move the dial towards greater harmony? What needs to happen within me personally to move through this? I will not be stopped. This is who we're being called to be in the new beyond. We were made for these times. I'm telling you, I know this with every bone of my body. We were made for these times. It might not feel like it because it feels so awful, but I know that we were made for these times. We are the ones who are here now, inhabiting planet Earth at this very moment. It is no accident that you and I are here now, and we're engaging in these difficult, uncomfortable conversations about what it means to be a human being. And how do we keep going? Well, there is a principle that we teach in leadership and transformation, and it says, if it's to be, it's up to me. And it is up to me. I choose it. It's up to me and you and you and you and you if we choose it. So surround yourself with the kinds of people and resources that feed your soul and provide nourishment for the journey because you're going to need it to keep going. With your indulgence, I'd love to share with you a very special piece written by Jungian analyst Clarissa Pinkola Estes. It has held great meaning for me and it has served to inspire me to keep going. So I share it with you here now in the hopes that it will inspire you as it has me. And it's called, We Were Made for These Times. She says, My friends, do not lose heart. We were made for these times. I've heard from so many recently who are deeply and properly bewildered. They're concerned about the state of affairs in our world now. Ours is a time of almost daily astonishment and often righteous rage over the latest degradations of what matters most to civilized, visionary people. Parentheses here. Personal commentary. This was written in the 1990s. This could have been written yesterday. I go on. She says, you are right in your assessments. The luster and hubris some have aspired to while endorsing acts so heinous against children, elders, everyday people, the poor, the unguarded, the helpless, is breathtaking. Yet I urge you, ask you, gentle you, to please not to spend your spirit dry 
by bewailing these difficult times. Especially, do not lose hope. Most particularly because the fact is, we were made for these times. Yes, for years, we've been learning, practicing, been in training for, and just waiting to meet on this exact plane of engagement. I grew up on the Great Lakes and recognize a seaworthy vessel when I see one. Regarding awakened souls, there have never been more able vessels in the waters than there are right now across the world, and they are fully provisioned and able to signal one another as never before in the history of humankind. Look out over the prow. There are millions of boats of righteous souls on the waters with you. Even though your veneers may shiver from every wave in this stormy royal, I assure you that the long timbers composing your prow and rudder come from a greater forest. That long grain timber is known to withstand storms, to hold together, to hold its own, and to advance regardless. In any dark time, there is a tendency to veer toward fainting over how much is wrong or unmended in the world. Do not focus on that. There is a tendency to, to fall into being weakened by dwelling on what is outside your reach, by what cannot yet be. Do not focus there. That is spending the wind without raising the sails. We are needed. That is all we can know. And though we meet resistance, we more so will meet great souls who will hail us, love us, and guide us, and we will know them when they appear. Didn't you say you were a believer? Didn't you say you pledged to listen to a voice greater? Didn't you ask for grace? Don't you remember that to be in grace means to submit to the voice greater? Ours is not the task of fixing the entire world all at once, but of stretching out to mend the part of the world that is within our reach. Any small, calm thing that one soul can do to help another soul, to assist some portion of this poor, suffering world, will help immensely. It is not given to us to know which acts or by whom will cause the critical mass to tip toward an endearing good. What is needed for a dramatic change is an accumulation of acts, adding, adding to, adding more, continuing. We know that it does not take everyone on earth to bring justice and peace, but only a small determined group who will not give up during the first, second, or hundredth gale. One of the most calming and powerful actions you can do to intervene in a stormy world is to stand up and show your soul. Soul on deck shines like gold in dark times. The light of the soul throws sparks, can send up flares, build signal fires, causes proper matters to catch fire. To display the lantern of soul in shadowy times like these, to be fierce and to show mercy toward others, both are acts of immense bravery and greatest necessity. Struggling souls catch fire from other souls who are fully lit 
and willing to show it. If you would help to calm the tumult, this is one of the strongest things you can do. There will always be times when you feel discouraged. I too have felt despair many times in my life, but I do not keep a chair for it. I will not entertain it. It is not allowed to eat from my plate. The reason is this. In my uttermost bones, I know something, as do you. It is that there can be no despair when you remember why you came to earth, who you serve and who sent you there. The good words we say and the good deeds we do are not ours. They are the words and the deeds of the one who brought us here. In that spirit, I hope you will write this on your wall. When a great ship is in harbor and moored, it is safe. There can be no doubt. But that is not what great ships are built for. End of quote. So in the words of Dr. Estes, stand up and show your souls, dearest ones. Soul on deck shines like gold in dark times. Be the light that keeps you and those around you going. Do not set a place for despair at your table. Remember, you are a mighty ship built for these turbulent times. You were made to withstand the storms and hold your lanterns high to show the way for struggling souls. And that is really what we're up to here in the new beyond. That is who we're calling to be in the new beyond. We're called to be the way showers. We're called to hold our lanterns high, carry the torch to show the way for others. This is how we keep going. We keep going because it's what we came to do. And we choose it. We accept it. We honor it. We choose it. And so I'm going to leave it right there, my friends. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this. Come on over to the Facebook group, Living in the New Beyond. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join us there. And until next time, thanks for being with me. Many blessings. Before we go, just a reminder that as a fan of this podcast, you're invited to join our private Facebook group and become part of this community. As a member of the Beyond Squad, my term of endearment for members of this community, you'll be part of our regular engagement opportunities which include Facebook Lives and thought-provoking conversations that invite deep inquiries into topics of interest in the new beyond. And on occasion, I'll also be live-streaming content not available here on the podcast. Lastly, I have a little extra credit homework assignment for the Beyond Squad, if you're up for it. If you could spend 60 seconds to leave a review on Apple or give us five stars on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts, it would help others find us and make a huge difference. I would be so appreciative. Meanwhile, we'll see you next time here in the new beyond. Many blessings.